Hey everybody and welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast episode 4. Today I'm talking all things about the pill. When I say the pill I mean hormonal contraceptions. So I'm talking about the pill, the mini pill, the marina coil, the patch, the implant, the ring. There are so many different types of contraceptions or hormonal contraceptions out there. So I just want to give you all the information around them. Because when you look at all the side effects and you look at women's health and female health and periods and endometriosis and PCOS and ovarian cysts and infertility, everything really, we got to look at what are we putting into our bodies, looking at the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, basically what exactly is going on inside of us from taking a synthetic hormone. Now, I'm going to talk about how the pill works, how it has side effects, and I'm also going to talk about non-hormonal contraceptives. So there, there are plenty of them as well, and I'll go into the, the effectiveness of all and how to go about looking into it and taking control of your body again and taking control of your own natural cycles. And I just want to say this, that I'm not here telling everybody to come off the pill and get rid of your coils, all that. I'm not. I'm here to give you the information. Do you know, I just want to give you the information to know what's happening with your bodies. I would never tell someone to come off a medication, to come off the pill, to do something that they don't want to do. I just want to give the information to put your fears aside and to educate you on what's happening with your body. If you decide that you don't want to be on the pill at the end of this, that is 100% your choice. If you decide that you want to stay on the pill, again, that's 100% your choice. I see many women in my clinic and they're on the pill, they're not on the pill. Either way, I will support each and every woman with whatever choice they decide to make. And... Yeah, I just want to, like I said, give the information. So I'll get started. Um, there'll be a lot of information in here. Um, I'll talk about my own experiences as well. And like I said, just give an all-rounded information guide to you on what's actually happening thanks to the pill and hormones. The pill came around in the 1960s. Well, it was launched to the public in the 1960s. Women's sexuality, now not in Ireland, but mainly in America, it was starting to become the norm. It was, well, it was very slowly starting to become the norm. Controlling fertility became a major preoccupation for women. It gave them body autonomy, do you know, and it started the feminist movement. But unfortunately, not without its costs. Gregory Pincus and John Rock developed the first contraceptive pill. The methods in use at the time in the 1950s when they were developing it, though, would not have passed today's guidelines for research ethics at all. Professor Britt Inghard Hyshim, a retired senior consultant of the Women's Clinic at the University Hospital in Oslo, says that the medicines authorities and health directors in particular were sceptical, especially with regards to putting a pill out in the market that had been subject to so little research. And they were right too frightfully little research had been carried out. Now, these are the words of Professor Britt Inghard Heisham. 
Pinkerton Rock experimented on animals and also on women. They handed out pills to poor women in Puerto Rico uh, who didn't want to be pregnant and they also tested pills on women in Boston who came to see their doctors about infertility. So women who wanted children but couldn't have children. The advantage for Pinkerton Rock was that these women did menstruate regularly and therefore it was easy for them to test whether the ovulation disappeared and when they were given the new product. Rock wrote in an article about the experiment that other research had shown how large portions of progestins might be used as a cure against infertility. But when Neshim looked at the references in the article more closely, she discovered something really out of whack. He referred to an article in preparation. The article in the research was undocumented. So he was basically cheating all throughout his research. And they were also using these women as guinea pigs. These women thought they were being treated for infertility, whereas they were testing out a contraceptive pill because they wanted to develop a contraceptive pill. So what is the pill? It's a hormonal contraception. It's not the only hormonal contraception. There's so many out there. There's the pill, the mini pill, the chip implant, injections, marina coil, and the nuvering. These are so many and so varied and far wide apart, but they all work in a similar way, well, two types of way. And there's the combination method, and then there's the single hormone method. So the combination method, that's the likes of your pill, your nuvering, and your patch. These are all combination birth controls, meaning they secrete small amounts of synthetic or man-made estrogen and progesterone. What this does is stop the body's own natural secretions of the hormones in their peaks and troughs. So naturally, estrogen rises for the first half of the cycle. And when it reaches peak, your FSH, your follicle-stimulating hormone, and your LH, your luteinizing hormone, are triggered to release an egg. So this is ovulation. And then progesterone is released to prepare the uterus for pregnancy and get the body ready. With the pill and the nuvering and the patch, what's happening here is you're given small amounts of estrogen and progesterone every day. This is to keep the hormone levels steady so that there's no peaks to, to trigger the, the stimulation of FSH and LH. Those steady hormones all throughout your cycle is what's going to stop your ovulation. Ovulation is being stopped. Changes in the cervical mucus are happening. And what's going on here, what, or what this does, should I say, is that it stops sperm from getting through the cervix and to the egg to fertilize the egg. And then also changes um, in the lining of the womb are happening to prevent implantation of any fertilized egg. The estrogen in the, in the combination pill is stopping ovulation. If this doesn't work, then the progesterone in the pill is doing the latter too. It's changing the cervical mucuses and it's also changing the lining of the womb. Then we're on to our progesterone only pills or pills or contraceptive methods. So with these, there's the, the mini pill, the implant, the injection and the marina coil. Now what this is doing is it doesn't stop ovulation all the time 
what I'm I am seeing more studies though coming out are new newer pills coming out where the progestin only pill is stopping ovulation as well. But predominantly what it does is it just thickens the mucus in the neck of the womb so it's harder for the sperm to reach the egg, like I said before for the combination, it's the same as the progestion. And it's also thinning the lining of the womb to prevent implantation. So if an egg is fertilized, it is going down to the womb, but the lining of your womb has been changed so that it cannot attach. Now, something I'm seeing a lot of in clinic is women coming to me and they're on the pill, which is fine, um, but they're on a progesterone-only pill and they have PCOS. You go onto any article or any research site, it will tell you, if you have ovarian cysts or PCOS, you cannot be on a progesterone-only pill. Progesterone-only will actually worsen the symptoms. So if you are on a progesterone-only pill and you have PCOS or ovarian cysts, please go to your doctor and ask them about changing over to a different pill. If you want to stay on the pill and change over, go talk to them about getting on a, a combination pill. I know a lot of women are on the progestin only pill because they suffer from migraines and other different symptoms so that they can't be on it and that's fair enough. But if you're one of these women who has PCOS or ovarian cysts, please consider just changing over to a combination pill instead if you want to stay on the pill. Another thing with the progesterone only pill is that it can stop your periods altogether. For anyone that is on the mini pill, you know this, you know that you may not have had a period for the last 6, 12, 18, 24 months. Do you know, it's our, our bodies were made for menstruation. Not having periods for that length of time has its own side effects as well. Like, you got to look at your own personal health. Have you other problems going on? Like, just look at your overall health in general. You're not having a period. You, it's one of, for women, it's one of the body's natural detoxification pathways is having a period. It's a clean out. It's a cleanse. Just have a little check-in with yourself. Is there something else going on with you health-wise? Have you got any other health concerns at the moment? There may be a connection. Again, go talk to your doctor. They may tell you there's not a connection. Just have a sit and, and think about it. You know, gut check with yourself. See if hmm, maybe I haven't had a period in two years. I have all these other problems. I have acne, I have headaches, migraines, the works. Do you know, there may be a connection there. One of the earliest myths about the pill is that it was a problem-free method of contraception. We now know that this isn't actually true. So researcher and author of The Bitter Pill, I'm not sure if you've heard of that book. If you haven't, I would recommend you get it and have a good read of it. But um, yeah, her name is Dr. Ellen Grant and she was shocked that the pill wasn't taken off the market due to so many serious side effects. Now these are short-term and long-term side effects. The known and listed ones, nausea, vomiting, headaches, breast tenderness, weight changes, depression, blood clots, changes in skin, high blood pressure, irregular bleeding, loss of periods, changes in libido, low levels of testosterone, changes in brave wane patterns. So basically how you think up to 60% of women on the pill, their brainwave patterns have changed. 
another side effect that isn't listed on the actual insert, but when you go into medical research is suicidal thoughts. For any women who have experienced that from changing pills, I myself went through it. It was a really scary time, but this is an actual side effect. Then the long-term side effects. Research has shown that long-term use of hormonal contraception can increase chances of breast and cervical cancer. Now, this is according to the American Cancer Society. When you're looking online and reading online about the pill, it's saying that it can reduce certain cancers. But research is actually showing that there is an increase in hormonal cancers. Now, when you Google online the long-term side effects of the pill, can they reduce cancer, da 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 don't just Google it and read the first few articles that come up. Don't just Google anyway. Go on to Google Scholar. Look at research studies. Look at clinical trials. What you're looking for are unbiased, double-blind placebo, placebo clinical trials. And when I say unbiased, look at who's funding the research. Is it a pharmaceutical company? Or is it a medical research group? You gotta look at the studies and you gotta know what you're reading. Like when you're looking at research studies and clinical trials, you always have to look at who is funding these things. You gotta see if they're in it for the money or if they're actually in it for people's long-term health. With the increase in infertility, they're now starting to do studies on the impact of infertility after long-term hormonal contraceptive use. Some studies are coming out saying, yeah, there is an issue and it's down to many factors. It's down to lack of ovulation for so long. It's also down to the changing of the lining of the womb. Then we're looking at the conditions of endometriosis and PCOS. Now, a lot of these can be genetic as well, but there's a, there is a factor in there too that researchers and professors and doctors are now starting to look at. The experts are starting to look at this now. And then you've also got to look at the research that they're doing now, or not even the research, yeah, research and clinical trials that they're doing now into the male pill. Like, I used to joke about this years ago. I was like, why do we have to take it? Why do I have to take a pill every single day? Can, can he not take it? Well, now they have been doing the research and the studies into it, and it's been discontinued because the side effects were way too severe to pass any sort of regulations. And these side, side effects... They're only a percentage of the female pill. Like I've seen the documentaries, I've read the research studies, the trials. I wouldn't give it to any man and I wouldn't give it to any woman either. What's happening in women's bodies because of these synthetic hormones, it's not normal. It's very common. And of course, it's common. Like every second woman out there has all these side effects and has all these problems. So yes, it's common, but common doesn't mean normal. Now, I know it sounds like I'm pill bashing here, and I don't mean to be pill bashing, but I am just giving you the facts and everything. Like, going, like back in the day when the pill came out, yes, it did generate that feminist movement, and it, it gave women the chance to have control over, the bo- over their bodies and not having to be pregnant their entire lives and go through labours and childbirths and stillbirths and miscarriages and everything it gave women the choice and this was phenomenal for women especially back in those days where they had no choice if their husband wanted sex 
they had to give them sex and a consequence of that would be pregnancy. So yes, it gave women body autonomy and that is absolutely phenomenal. It's just, unfortunately, the the research wasn't done properly into it at the time and it's become the norm now. So yeah, the it does have a lot of side effects but it had its purpose and it still does have its purpose you know it does like women who don't want to have children yes go on the pill or get the coil anything like that you know you don't have to just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to have a child if you don't want to have a child and it's great that the option is out there to prevent it but this brings me on to natural methods of contraception so there are a few different methods the main ones being condoms the rhythm method and the copper coil so condoms are 19 I was about to say 99 sorry condoms are 98% effective when used properly so let me break this down for you the pill mini pill the patch and the nuvering are all 99% effective for preventing pregnancy when used correctly when not used correctly and now ask yourself this don't worry you don't have to lie to anybody else just don't lie to yourself are you using the pill and the mini pill properly how many times have you missed a pill or you forgot it or forgot it a few days in a row and then took them all together when this happens you're down to 91 percent so then when you're using condoms you're still at a better chance of preventing pregnancy because you're up at 98 percent when used properly The progesterone-only contraceptives, so the mini pill, um, well, the mini pill is still the 99 to 91%, but the chip implant injections and the marina coil are all 99% accurate. This is, co- this is because they're implanted and there's, there's no way of human error. You know, you can't fuck it up. But unfortunately, these ones do have more severe side effects. So all the list of side effects that I mentioned earlier, when you're on the progesterone-only contraceptions, those side effects are worsened. So, you know, it's all a double-edged sword as well. But yeah, so condoms, they're 98% accurate when you use them properly. I know a lot of women out there, and a lot of you have gotten on to me about the fact that condoms are in the moment, and... Your boyfriends don't want to use condoms. It reduces sensitivity. So many different women have gotten on to me over the use of condoms. Most were, unfortunately, you have negative experiences with them with the likes of your partners don't want to use them or that you feel that it ruins the moment. Okay, I'm going to get a bit personal here again. I use condoms. I don't understand how it can ruin the moment. You know, you just, you bring it into the practice of when you're having sex. It takes, it doesn't even take a minute. It will take you 10 seconds to put a condom on. It's not going to ruin the moment. You just stay in the buzz of it. And I know I might sound a bit facetious saying it, but, you know, it's a safe method that's not going to harm you. And it's not going to harm your partner either. Yes, it may reduce sensitivity a bit. I understand this. But it doesn't reduce it that much like when you're looking at it and I've actually read studies on this 
when you're looking at the use of condoms, it reduces sensitivity by 5%. That's 5%. So men still have 95% of sensitivity. You know, they're still feeling 95% of it. The way I, and this is my personal opinion, the way I see it is that if you are only on the pill or hormonal contraception because your partner refuses to use condoms, I'm sorry, but you got to look at your partner. You got to ask yourself, why doesn't he have your best interests at heart? Now, this is if you are suffering really badly with side effects like the poor libido, the acne, um, migraines, all the list of side effects I mentioned earlier. If your partner is putting pressure on you to be on the contraceptive pill or any hormonal contraceptive, you got to ask yourself, is this really what I want do I want somebody not to care about my health? Do you know, sit down, have the conversation, talk about using condoms. They're a great method of contraception. You're, you're safe. They're not messing with your hormones. Yeah, what more can I say? I'm sorry, but use them right. They're 98% effective. Now, if a condom breaks all depending on where you are in your cycle. There is the morning after pill if you want to go and take it. Now, that will have side effects too. I'm not going to lie. I have taken the morning after pill. Condoms have broke in the past. It's I don't even know how long it's been since I've taken the morning after pill. But I'm, I refuse to again because there is a question mark over my fertility. Now, we're not... I shouldn't say we, I am not actively trying to get pregnant right now. But if it was to happen, it would happen. But at the same time, I'm not going to go and take the morning after pill because I don't know what it'll do to my body, to my hormones. I've already got a question mark over my fertility. You know, I'm not going to put any more synthetic hormones into my system. But that's just me. That's my opinion. Now, there's other methods too. So give the copper coil. The copper coil is a non-hormonal IUD, intrauterine device. This is really safe. Do you know, you're 98 to 99% effective with it. Um, no hormones whatsoever. Do you know, before they wouldn't give it to women who haven't had children. They will now. So you can go to your doctor and ask for it. Um, if they say no, then go to your family planning clinic. I know for 100% certainty, in the family planning clinic, they will give the copper coil to a woman who hasn't given birth. And unfortunately, with the copper coil, it does come with its own issues. You could have longer bleeding, um, worse cramps, and heavier bleeding as well. Like your, your period could last for up to 10 days. So that does have its own side effects, physical side effects too, but it just it doesn't mess up your hormones. It won't mess anything like that up. Then there's the rhythm method. I've talked about this in a previous podcast, the fertility podcast. Um, the rhythm method is really good. You just you have to make sure that you're on top of things. So it's basically checking your temperature every single morning before you leave the bed. Um, your temperature will rise half a degree at ovulation and just after ovulation. So it's it's not great for detecting ovulation for preventing pregnancy. It's, it is better for when you're trying to conceive. But checking your temperature every single day 
if you give yourself a couple months or not a couple if you give yourself four or five months of doing this and you get into a rhythm of your body you'll know then roughly around what days you will start ovulating also checking your mucus secretions what you're looking for is a stringy sticky clear egg white looking mucus that's coming out of your lady garden and it'll be for a lot of women you can just see it in your underwear and when you touch it between your thumb and forefinger you'll and you can literally pull your finger and thumb apart and the mucus will stay there it'll be a long stringy line that's when you know when you're just about to ovulate and when you are starting to ovulate this is your real fertile time so you know to be more cautious there use your condoms there and like a lot of people would use the pull out method during this time of the month I wouldn't trust it if you didn't want to get pregnant to be honest just use a condom and when it comes to the rhythm method so it's getting to know your body and getting to know your cycle and knowing your safe times so there is knowing your safe times but you also got to know about sperm as well sperm survives for five to six days in the uterus so if you've unprotected sex before ovulation you're at risk and like once you ovulate once the egg is released it's only viable for 12 to 24 hours after ovulation once that window was gone it's gone now for some women it may be they do say around 48 hours but that's because there's a bit of uncertainty around the actual ovulation time so just take note of that but once you ovulate 12 to 24 hours that's the only time the egg is viable once that's passed your window is gone so make sure you're accurate on your ovulation and use condoms as well do both use a condom for the first half of your cycle once you know you've ovulated and it's 48 hours after that then you know you're safe what i tell a lot of women who are just starting this method is to go buy ovulation sticks go into boots pick up a pack of ovulation sticks pee on them and then you know and then once ovulation's gone it's your safe time you can't get pregnant then so that's all the science and history behind the pill and the hormonal contraception. I hope it's helped. Um, I do want to go into a bit of the energy of it. So the energetics of, of women and the importance of knowing our cycles and our bleed. So like your life is based around your period. Our wombs are our epicenter of everything. This is where our sacred, creative and sexual energy is. It's where it's housed. It's known... In some cultures as the gateway to our souls it's also known as the gateway to the universe or the gateway to mother nature or what's really commonly known as the gateway to mother Gaia and this is literally where all our creativity comes from all our sensuality or our womanhood like our wounds create life do you ever notice when you are coming up to your period um, or when you're having your period you feel like you're more you're looking inward you're you can be a bit down now I'm forget forget about PMS here I'm talking about you and yourself your dreams you can become you can become way more in tune to things and to people and your gut feelings these all enhance two areas of your cycle during ovulation and during your period your intuition and your gut reactions will all be so much stronger. And this is because this is when our wombs are really active and they're really at work. And it, it opens up everything in us as women. Our periods, 
like there is such an importance of our periods as well and the importance of a bleed and it's the one thing that bothers me the most about women who are on the progesterone only contraceptions and they've lost their periods they don't have periods like your period it's a cleanse not just physically but it's emotionally and spiritually it's a time to reflect inward and let go of what hasn't served you for the last month like something I love is for young girls who just start their menses now years ago this was 13 14 15 and that's the norm unfortunately now it's like 9 10 11 I was 10 when I got my period I'll never forget it I was traumatized I knew all about it but I was still traumatized I wasn't ready I was a child but anyway when nowadays when not nowadays sorry traditionally there used to be what was called um a moon ceremony for when a young girl got her period for the first time and it's held to they're they're called moon circles as well they're held to welcome a young woman into womanhood welcome her into her creativity and into everything that's ahead of her in life in the 21st century it's become this dreaded evil thing oh my god my period yuck whereas it shouldn't be our periods are again it's it's our creativity it's our it's our sense of womanhood it's something to to relish in now I know it's sore and it's painful and everything it never used to be like when you actually go into history books and you read up on what periods should be way back when there's a fantastic book called women who run with the wolves and it's all based on women and wolves and how we are so similar in our in our primal needs, in our protective measures when it comes to our children, our family, our pack. Women and wolves are so connected. But it goes back to the beginning of time that your period was not a time of pain. It was a time to celebrate being a woman. And all women would get their periods together. Do you ever notice when with women that you either work with, live with, or are friends with, people, women that you spend a lot of your time together? Now, this is if you're not on, not on the pill, but you can if you are on the pill too. But you all sync up. So, like, literally, your periods will come together, and that's how it's meant to be. It used to be called your, your moon time. Like, before electricity, women ovulated at the full moon and bled at the new moon. This is literally, again, back to science, your pineal gland sent messages to the ovary to release an egg based upon the amount of light. And at the full moon, we were programmed to ovulate. And then at the new moon, at the darkest time, that's when we would shed the lining of the womb. If, if, I'm not sure if any of you out there have heard this saying, the dark night of the moon, or the dark night of the soul. It's when we reflect inwards and we look inwards and we look at ourselves and what's going on. That's what emotionally and spiritually your period, your time for your period is about. It's about connecting in with yourself. And that's what I love about being connected with my body and knowing when I'm ovulating, knowing when I'm due my period, knowing what I can do during certain times of my period, if I have the energy for things or if I don't and I can plan. And even around the moon, I, I love the fact that I get my period around the moon. There's something so magical about it. 
and like I said I've been I've gone into the science of it I'm going into the hippy dippy of it now because at the end of the day being a woman is magical being a woman we have such power and I wish so many women could could realize that how much power we have we have the power to create and sustain life within us how amazing is that it's magical do you know and just over the years thanks to synthetic hormones and everything our cycles have just completely gone out of whack and then stress and the modern day life and technology and wi-fi wavelengths and everything it's it has messed up with our natural cyclical hormones and then this even filters through into our relationships like look at your intimate relationships chemistry you know that saying oh we have chemistry it that's literally it you have chemistry we have our own chemical makeup our bodies match with a partner who can give us strong offspring this is going back to primal times um prehistoric times whatever it it is a primal mechanism when synthetic hormones are interfering with our chemical makeup there are question marks over are we choosing the right partners i heard this years ago and i'm going to be honest it was one of the pinnacle points for me in coming off the pill i heard a fertility specialist talking on the radio i think it was the ray darcy show at the time talking about how women on the pill their chemical makeup is changed. They're choosing partners who don't actually match them. When you go back to long, long, long time ago, the dark ages, prehistoric times, primal times, whatever, we chose partners based on chemistry. Was there that chemical reaction? We choose our partners for offspring. Technically, that is what sex is for, is procreation, is to create offspring, to keep the human race alive. We are not doing that now because our chemical makeup has been altered due to synthetic hormones. And I know it sounds cracked, but look for any women out there who aren't on the pill and look at the partners that you're with. And if you're happy in your relationship and everything. Now, there's a hell of a lot of other factors. I won't get into the relationship side fully. That's another podcast. But if you look at the partner that you're with and if you're happy, look at you together sexually. Now, if you met after, not after, but if you met when you were never on the pill, look at your sexual chemistry. Is it strong? Is it there? This is a basic biological function to produce strong offspring i know it sounds nuts but again google go into google scholar and you will see it goes back to the dawn of man we want to preserve the human race so you need to pick a partner who is chemically compatible to you and i know it sounds clinical but it is what it is i know like love is involved as well of course but chemistry is a huge thing and hormonal contraceptives do interfere with that so that's everything on the pill hormonal contraceptions side effects i hope i've got everything i'm not sure if i've missed anything what i will say to you is if you do decide to come off the pill don't do it willy-nilly either go talk to your doctor 
if they say not to come off the pill, but you still really want to, it's your body. It's your choice. They have to respect your decision. Even if you want to change your pill from one to another, it's your body. It's your choice. They have to respect what you want to do and say that to them. Tell them that you're not happy and you, this is what you want. But if you do decide to come off it, don't do it willy-nilly. Either talk to your doctor or else go to either a nutritionist or a herbalist or even just do some research. I can give you some advice here, but every woman is different. Every individual is different. So it'll be different for everyone. And so the main things would be your supplements. Make sure that you're getting a good uh, vitamin B complex into you. This is needed for proper production proper production of um, healthy hormones it's it's needed for balancing your hormones as well your progesterone and your estrogen levels essential fatty acids more epa is the brand that i recommend for that and fats are such a vital source for again the production of healthy hormones and then zinc for any woman who suffers with any sort of ovarian cysts or pcos Zinc is essential for ovulatory function, for ovary function. You need to have your zinc in you. So 30 to 50 milligrams a day of zinc. And then herbs. I've talked countless times about your liver. So make sure that your liver, your liver is clear. So dandelion root. Peony flower is a lovely herb for women and for balancing hormones, but it's also a liver herb and it, it's also really good for the gut. Ladies Mantle is a hormone modulator as well as Vitex Agnus Castus. These will both balance out your hormones. If you have PCOS, if you have um, too much testosterone, steer clear of Vitex and stick with the Ladies Mantle. And then Siberian Ginseng is a lovely adaptogenic herb which really helps with stress, um, balancing hormones and the gut health as well. Again, these are just little hints and tips. Every woman is different and every body is different. So I would recommend that you get on to either a nutritionist or a herbalist, someone qualified to help guide you off the pill and help to balance the hormones naturally. At the end of the day, it's about coming back to balance and it's about coming back to you, coming back to your womanhood. And if you stay on the pill that is so totally okay and again there are things that you can do to help with the side effects so the likes of again your dandelion root make sure your liver is clear dandelion root is completely safe at medications so take your dandelion root don't take vitex agnus castus that'll interfere with your pill and peony flower really good as well and that's safe with the pill and siberian ginseng is a fantastic herb for again just balancing out um, stress hormones because when stress hormones are out of whack your sex hormones will be out of whack so yeah I hope this has helped and again I'm not pill bashing I'm just giving you the information um yeah I just I love women and I love women's bodies and I love what the woman body can do or what the female body could can do should I say not the woman body I love what the female body can do and what it's capable of I love seeing women utilize their own natural cycles and getting to know themselves do you know that's what life is about and for me personally being off the pill so long I came off the pill eight years ago after 
I was put on it at 15 for, excuse me, I was put on the pill at 15 for endometriosis and cysts and yeah, I always had horrific side effects and I remember I talked about on my Insta story, they changed my pill and I became very emotionally unstable. I was out on a Saturday night and thought I was going to jump off a bridge. And I don't say that lightheartedly, it was happening. And I, thank God, I talked myself out of it. I always say there was someone there watching over me. They brought me home and I remember changing back onto the old pill then and life became so much better. Hormones have such side effects on us. Like, it's something that you really have to be mindful of. And, yeah, like I said, I was put on the pill at 15 for all my hormone problems. And I came off it then, eight years ago. And I love being off it. Now, I'm not saying I'm off the pill eight years and I haven't got pregnant. Look, I don't know what my fertility issues are. There's a question mark over my fertility. I've had numerous procedures and everything done. So, all I'm saying, like, but at the same time. I'm not actively trying to get pregnant. I use condoms when it's my non-safe time. Do you know, I, I'm focusing on other things in life right now. When the time comes that I do want to have kids, if I have issues, that's something that I'll deal with at the time. But I'm not going to panic about it now because I'm off the pill for eight years. I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that my fertility is there. But yeah, get just getting to know your body is... A beautiful process. And for anyone that does decide to come off it, I wish you all the best with it. And enjoy the process. Enjoy getting to know your body. Enjoy getting to know your cycle. And just enjoy being a woman. Do you know, being a woman is powerful and it's magical. So, happy Thursday to you all. And happy periods. And happy, happy hormones. So if you liked the episode, if you found it interesting, or if you have even more questions after it, feel free to get in touch. I'm on Instagram. You can DM me. I'm on Facebook. And yeah, I'm always here if you have any questions around your hormones. I'm very blessed to say that I love what I do. So yeah, again, happy Thursday and happy hormones. <laughs>